Hello, busybodies. Welcome to another episode of The Busyness Paradox. I'm Frank Butler, here with Paul Harvey. Good day, folks. And on today's episode, we're really going to talk about paid time off. But really, before we get into that, we just want to share a couple of things that we thought were pretty cool things. The first one being Apple has said that they're going to give paid time off to those employees to go get the vaccine. I think that's awesome. The COVID vaccine for anyone who's not been paying attention the last 400 days or so. Right, right. Exactly. But that's so great. Uh, We had an episode on the four-day work week where we were talking about one of the benefits of the four-day work week is that during the week, you can go to a doctor's appointment and get your physical or whatever it is without having to take time off. You have the option of using a weekday for those things. Right. Because they're often closed on weekends. Yeah. Exactly. So that's what's so great about this though, is that Apple's saying, look, we're going to just give you the paid time off if you get that shot. So I would love to see more companies do that. Again, I think one of the things that we try to do here on the business paradox is focus in on how do we create value for the employees? And I think this is, this is just a small gesture that can go a long way to improving the work morale of, a, of an employee. Which benefits the company. The sure. Win-win. Sure. Hopefully. And it's not like the company's going to fall apart because that employee is taking some time off because they got the, sh- the shot. Now, to clarify, was this time off to take the, to get the shot? Or is it because I know some people after they get the, especially the second dose, have a, a rough 24 hours or so. Is it like for that recovery time after the shot? Or is it just the time to go and get the shot? I, I think the focus really was on just having time off because you're getting the shot. Yep. Which I think also included the recovery, right? Because I know, for example, when I got mine, my arm was pretty sore, but I was okay. It's that second one, apparently. It's the second one, right? And that's the concern. Now, I know India, for example, she felt a little bit more fatigued after the first one and she struggled a little bit more with it. My wife had a much harder time with the second one. Well, I have not had one at all yet, so. I'm looking forward to the second one. Yeah. That's all I can say. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so- The other thing that we thought was pretty cool was that after our podcast, our two-part podcast on email inefficiency, interestingly enough, Wall Street Journal had an article about email anxiety. Hmm. Mm. Coincidence? Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. We like to think we planted a seed in someone's head over at the Wall Street Journal. You know, it, it wouldn't be a huge surprise if you look at some of the the locations of where people are reading, or I'm sorry, or are listening to our podcast. They might read the transcripts too. Yeah, that's true. They might read the transcripts. But we we really have an interesting geographic spread of listeners to the business paradox. We've got folks in New York, DC, Washington State, Australia. We are huge in Cyprus. Cyprus, which I believe is one of my former SUSE students. So if it was you... Thanks for listening. Germany, England, we've had some African nations in there. So it's really amazing how- I believe we hit my old stomping grounds of Hungary recently too. Oh yeah. We've had China. China. So I, I just really encourage. Now, Latin America seems to be a weakness of ours right now. Be like, nice to see that happen a little bit more, but maybe one day. Get on the stick, Latin America. Come on. <laughs> if you guys know somebody in Latin America- who might benefit from listening to our podcast, please share it with them because we'd love to see that engagement as well. But I guess let's talk about what we're going to talk about today anyway, 
which well, it relates to the anecdote about Apple there. Right, paid time off. Right, it actually is related, and it's been something that's been on my mind for many years. As I mentioned in our introductory episode, and just as a refresh, I did spend three years living and working in Germany, and one of the things that was interesting was that they had required paid time off. Not only did they have the national holidays as paid time off, but they also had a required, and I believe at the time it was like 21 days off if you were working the 38-hour work week, which was also capped. So you could only do 38 hours. I was on a contract that was a little different. I had 40-hour work week, but I also got 28 days off and it was required. They couldn't give me any less, for example. And 28 paid days off, right? Yes, paid days. These are paid vacations. Gotcha. And so what was interesting is somebody tweeted the other day about paid family leave and that there should be some federal requirements for paid family leave. And we've got an episode we, we talk about with regards to parents and such. And we talk a little bit, I think, about that there. And that's really what spurned this latest idea to me of saying, we need to really discuss the idea of having Spawned. federal paid time off or federally required paid time off for employees. Because the US is the only developed nation in the world that has zero requirements about paid time off. And to throw a monkey wrench in the whole thing, I was looking at this the other day, and apparently Afghanistan has 15 holidays that are paid, required to be paid, and a requirement of 20 paid days off. Afghanistan. So I'm going to take the other side a little bit of this, particularly in terms of the federal mandate. I, I see the angle there. I just don't like the idea of getting the government involved with something that granular as employee scheduling decisions. I, I understand the argument in favor of it. I do think we should have more paid time off in the US. I just don't love the idea of it coming from that particular governing body. I I will say I agree. I'm not big on federal requirements, but when you look at the overwhelming lack of change, yeah. you know, sometimes the government does have to do something to help regulate these kinds of things because businesses are not doing it themselves. I mean, that's why we have Sarbanes-Oxley, Dodd-Frank. Okay. So that though is, I think, the important question. Is more paid time off what we're talking about America here, what American workers want? Because historically, American workers have had less time off than our counterparts in Europe and pretty much everywhere else but also been paid proportionally more per time, per day worked, per hour worked, what have you. So basically, Americans have historically taken more of their compensation in the form of salary or wages than in paid time off. And that's just kind of been a decision that's been collectively made over the last couple hundred years. Now, I've been saying for, I think for at least the last 10 years, and I've been kind of watching some indicators of this. I'm going to say actually closer to 20 years. I remember I was driving down to Tallahassee, Florida from Connecticut, moving down there for grad school when I heard an NPR story on this. So it's been about 20 years now. You're old. Old. (laughs) And the youth have been, since that time, they mentioned that younger, whoever was 18, 19, 20 years old at the time entering the workforce was showing a, a bit of a divergence from the past there that I guess, if we must use the term millennials, indicating that they would prefer 
lower salary, lower hourly wage, and more paid time off. And so ever since then, I've been watching like the Gallup polls and everything that they do every year. And I, I think it's safe to say at this point that a very large chunk of the American workforce would prefer to have more paid time off, even if it means uh, less total salary. And I think one of the challenges you face is that oftentimes the people who are leading those companies are ones who worked the 40 plus, typically way more than 40 hours a week, yep. don't like the idea of that, oh, I didn't take any vacation time, you know, yep. walk uphill in the snow both ways to work, blah, blah, folks. And not to to say anything about that. I, I mean, it, there's no question they've put in their time, but was that necessary right. always? And is it necessary today? Again, if you think about when we talk about the busyness and the 40-hour work week episode that we had, our first real full episode, we talked about how technology has really impacted how people can get work done. And you look at these organizations now that do have more vacation time, these companies aren't collapsing. In fact, there's a much greater impact on employee productivity, employee happiness, all these kinds of things. There have been some studies that show that employees, American employees who use all their vacation time, all their vacation days, because even though we don't get as many as the rest of the world, we also have that thing where we don't use all the ones that we do have. The ones that take them all, at least in some studies, have they've shown that those employees are more productive. Um, sorry, more likely to be promoted than the employees oh. who don't take all their vacation time. Really? Yeah. I wonder why that is. I guess it's probably, there's got to be a link to their output in some way. That's a good question. Um, Maybe their creativity. I, I know, for example, that I've seen it with organizations that kind of reward people for taking a technology-free vacation. There's companies mm -hmm. out there that will pay you, in essence, to take yeah, a vacation. That's an interesting thing. That's more recent, though. The study yes. I'm thinking of is from several years back. Yes. But, you know, I think there might be something to that, right? You're getting refreshed a little bit by going away, not having to be in the office all the time and so on. I have to think that's the root of it, is that you're taking that mental downtime, the Nixon that you talked about in your blog post. But anyway, this study that I'm looking at, it says, study found that 78% of forfeiters, those who forfeited some of their vacation days, received a raise or bonus in the following three years compared to 84% of those who took all their paid time off. So 6%, it's a meaningful difference. Yeah, no, I would say so. That's interesting. I like it. I like it too. I do think companies tend to be overwhelmingly tight-fisted when it comes to vacation time and unnecessarily so. I, I would like to go back. You had said something about how we would take higher salaries for less time off, but I'm wondering if that still holds true anyway, because you know wages haven't really increased truly over the past, what, 20-something years as it is now? So I'm wondering if we're really seeing that there's that much of a difference you take into account exchange rates and even taxation That's and all question. of that. Because I, I know, for example, in, in Germany, even though I might have been not paid as much, although I was paid pretty well, my retirement and my health care were taken care of. So it actually gave me more money in my pocket. The total compensation package. Then you factor in like the, the VAT taxes and stuff. It, it's really complicated to figure out who makes more. Yeah, it really uh, is. You know, in the end, yeah. Because there is certainly a sort a quality of life difference. I know, for example, the Europeans, the Germans in particular, again, I, I can only speak really to my experiences. They don't carry as much debt typically. They tend to take much longer vacations, all those kinds of things. But they also, I don't think, I, don't, I really didn't see that anybody was making really any different 
real money. Now, maybe at the top, top end, maybe at the executive level, the pays weren't quite as high, but it's hard to say because being at a medium-sized enterprise, around sub-thousand people. I'd be surprised. Th- if You're not seeing huge paid executives yeah. in that level anyway. Especially with the uh, Germany is the country that has the like the mandated labor representation on the board of directors. Is that yeah, right? Supervisory board. Yeah, it's hard to imagine those boards signing off on the compensation packages for executives that we have in the U.S. Right, for sure. And I also think that most of what we see when it comes to executive packages typically are those large corporations. Yeah, we're not really seeing right. the average corporation, which isn't as high as no. people keep thinking. That's true. So these medium-sized enterprises, they're not paying their CEOs $30 million a year. Right. You know, They're getting maybe $400,000 in salary and a few hundred thousand in bonuses, which is, I mean, great money. Don't yep. get me wrong. Yep. I would like to be making it, but yep. the reality is that they're, they're not outsized compared to what we see like a JP Morgan Chase paying their CEO or something along those yep. lines. Well, so much of that comes from you know the stock option, stock bonuses that if you're not a publicly traded company, which the vast majority of companies are not, you don't have that lever to inflate the compensation levels either. Right, exactly. But going back to also the idea about the government mandate, I I do tend to not like government mandating things. I think companies should be doing the right things, but if you can't get the companies to do the right thing, right. Uh, you kind of have to do something. And And I think this is one of those things that sometimes you have to push the hand of the organizations to do the right things. And And this is why, for example, I'm a big believer in dangling the carrot. So, hey, we're going to give you tax relief if you do invest in more green opportunities or if you do provide paid time off. Those would be cool. Like I, I would say that's a great way of doing it. I would prefer that much more than a federal mandate. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I think there are some organizations that they're going to be just butts about the whole thing. Truly. Yeah. I know I've seen it with manufacturing in particular. They hire people on, they're getting hourly pay anyway. And then they're asked to only have five days off and they get five days off for three years and then they get 10 days off. And you're like, come on. When I worked in manufacturing, I wasn't in manufacturing myself, but it's in the uh, the finance wing of it. But man, they gave those the shop floor people as much time off as they could. Was Any chance mean? they got to, uh, yes. But they kind of oh, wanted right. to like every single holiday, like flag day. All right, we're shutting it down. Just to, the idea was to try to squeeze the the production into smaller time spans and then not be running all the equipment and everything mm-hmm. you know, as few days as possible. So a lot of that was probably company specific, but yeah, it's just, it, it's, it was just very different from my experience. Well, there probably is something to it, right? It's that they know that there's seasonality and demand or what have you, or they know the pipeline they're building up. No, I think yeah. there's a lot of reasons for it. But one of the things that I noticed, especially in that end of it was, and this, this is a company here in Chattanooga, and I'm not going to really talk about them necessarily about who it is or anything, but they did have a very poor vacation time policy for the factory workers. And actually not just the factory workers, for the actual uh, spine workers too. So those who are in the more quote unquote white collar. And I know we, Paul and I don't really like the white collar, blue collar terminology. It's not really accurate necessarily, but, or it's not a great descriptor, I guess. Yeah. Forget Um, accurate. It's not even like meaningful. Right. It's not meaningful. There's no, right. Exactly. But they are very much on the five hour, I mean, a five day time off and they have the worst turnover. And, and you're like, you can fix some of that by focusing on the right things and, and doing the right things on some of these angles. And so I think there's something to be said about 
making it where there's some leveling of the playing field too, because some of these people can't necessarily move to a new job very easily. Well, so. I think, you know, the ultimate question is, will the average worker accept the trade-off of, say, you can have more vacation time, it will require a proportional cut to your overall salary. And what will the average person do? Why would we have to cut salary? Because you can't get blood from a stone, right? You're paying money out for less production, whatever it is that you're paying people to do. They're doing less of it. But are they actually going to be doing less? See, now that's the question. And, and doesn't that go counter to our whole yes. focus on output instead of... You stole my thunder, but yes. So I know, I'm sorry. I think the thing that you have to question is that assumption that if you increase paid time off by 100%, will you have a proportional decrease in productivity or will it stay the same or will it maybe even improve like we saw in that study of people who take all their vacation time being more likely to be promoted. And like we keep saying, having that downtime or that, that time off, not just to refresh your cognitive circuits and everything, but also to squeeze some of the time that might otherwise be spent on busy work, unnecessary meetings, or yep. when you have to squeeze down the amount of time you have, you trim the fat, you know. There's a cascading impact, right? Yes. Yep. So. I think that's it. I think that's the key. We know how much time is being filled up with busy work. And we also know the benefits of having time off. You have people who come back, they're refreshed. There's got to be a mental health implication for that, for sure. Mm -hmm. A work-life balance implication. And I think you do get the greater production out of it. But on the other end of the spectrum, we see those companies like Google who, who do the unlimited vacation time and people actually take less. Yeah, we really can't do an episode like this without talking about that. We're bemoaning American companies for not offering enough paid vacation time. And we super bemoan the American companies that give unlimited vacation time. It's like, what the hell? There's no structure. Remember, that's there's no right. structure. I think that's the deal is there's no structure, yep. right? So the social norms kick in. Like, I don't know how much to right. take off. So I'm going to take off less than Bob over there. So I look better than him. Yep. 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 Well, I would be curious as to what you all think about time off and should it be required or should the government do something to dangle the carrot for that? Or what do you think is the right way? of addressing this. The question I would like to ask on top of that, if I might, is yeah. what do you think of this hypothesis that offering more paid vacation time might be a break even or even a net win for a company from a financial perspective? At your companies, do you think paid time off could increase without seeing productivity, profitability, whatever drop as a result because of higher efficiency and more mental sharpness and that kind of thing? I like it. Tell us. We want to know. Thank you again for listening to another episode of The Busyness Paradox. Take some time off. We'll see you next time. Yeah, take some time off. Take it nice. Enjoy it. Enjoy yeah. it. You usually end with a good day. Good day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm stopping. The Busyness Paradox is distributed by Paul Harvey and Frank Butler. Our theme music is adapted from It's Business Time by Jermaine Clements and Brett McKenzie. Our production manager is Justin Lundtake. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'd love to hear from you. Please send questions, comments, or ideas for future episode topics to input at busynessparadox.com, or find us on Twitter. Also, be sure to visit our website, busynessparadox.com, to read our blog posts and for links to the articles and other resources mentioned in today's show. Finally, please take a moment to rate and follow or subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, 
Google Podcasts, or your preferred podcast provider. <laughs>